Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard. We're glad you're with us as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Being. And we're in part six. This is a series on the Beatitudes. I'll get back to that in a second. Um, you, you probably heard as I was uh, singing earlier, and you can maybe you can hear now. I know I certainly can. I have a cold. And uh, it's probably not a surprise to any of you. Um, so uh, with this cold, I was thinking, and so I, I, I said, well, I'll go see the doctor. I went to the doctor. I said, hey, doctor, I have a hoarse throat. And uh, he said to me, oh, hey, the resemblance doesn't end there. And I, I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm having trouble breathing. He said, I'll put a stop to that. And I said, uh, yeah, but uh, I keep hearing a ringing in my ears. And he said, well, where else did you expect to hear it? And then, and then I said, well, I've been snoring so loudly, I, I keep waking myself up. And he said, try sleeping in the other room. I said, Doctor, please, I have this terrible cold. What should I do? And he said, listen, go home, take a hot bath, and get out, stand under an air-conditioning vent with no clothes on with a fan, with a fan blowing on you full blast. I said, hey, but then I'll get pneumonia. And he said, I can treat pneumonia. I can't do anything for a cold. None of that was true. Uh, I thought it was way funnier than you did. <laughs> but I might be feverish too. So who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> okay. I'm keeping it for the next three anyway, so we'll see what happens. All right. Being. Uh, this series is about the motivation for our mission. Our mission, which is what we do, is one more. We've, we've been talking about that. Our method for doing that is that we're a force. We're a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. And we've talked about that encompassing a radical message, radical hospitality, and radical generosity. And we're, we're trying to do these things wherever we can to uh, uh, make a difference so that we can get one more lost child back to dead. Today, for example, we went out and we did a free soda giveaway. We had a good time. It was a, some days are tougher than others. You, you, you have a little trouble getting people into the flow of receiving. And so they were fighting us, taking sodas and waters, it was like. So uh, we had fun. We did, we did it for a solid hour and we, we gave away quite a few, but we, you know, we would have liked to give away more. But every, every time we do this, it's different. And, uh, and, and it's, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to stumble on that we can give away that they won't say no to. I had this silly idea the other day. I'll share it. It's on the video. Probably won't go to the other groups. I, I walked into the um, Keys Federal the other day, and Renee, who comes to our church, was there, and she's in charge of marketing for that bank. Or she's, I, yeah. And uh, she was there and happened to be there for a photo thing, and she had one of those really big checks. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, and I, I thought, man, big check. It, was, it wasn't written out for a big amount, but it was a big check. And I thought, okay, what we'll do maybe soon is we'll start handing out those really big checks on the side of the road to people just to see what happens. And we'll see who we can get them to stop and take a picture of us and write them a big check. Uh, anyway, you'll have to see it to make it work, but it's going to be okay. So, those are the ca- so I want to do stuff that makes people stop. But see, so you can see the caption. Can you vend your handing out really big checks? Uh, the cold must be a lot worse than I thought. 
Because I just keep wanting to run down bunny trails, and I know I shouldn't. You know, I used to travel to Cuba quite a bit, planting churches. We went, I went for 10 years, and uh, I was there, you know, three, four, five, six times a year. I went off and planted churches. We planted about 20 churches in that, in that 10 year period. And um, we would go, and people always ask, how did you go? We legally went from this country with a permission from the uh, Department of Treasury to go and do religious work. So if you're asking, it was possible. Um, so we were in there often. And sometimes when we would go, and if we, most of the time we were just training their leaders how to do stuff, but every once in a while we'd go to a seminary or something, we'd do some teaching on the kingdom of God, and um, the jokes never worked there. Uh, they just don't translate well. I've never, never, never worked, ever. And the guys who would go with us, when I would, I'd be up there trying to do it, and you know, as I would, I would tell a joke, and they would hear the translator would go and give it, and there'd be nothing, and the guys who were with me, they'd all be going, you know, the bomb dropping noise. Very encouraging. I feel like that's what's happening now. Okay. So, this series uh, is being, it's, it's, uh, it's about being in relationship with God and others. That's our motivation, loving God, loving others. Um, culturally, we live in a culture that's about having, and so we're making a difference. They think life is found in having, it doesn't work. We know that life is found in being, in relationship with God and others. The, we're studying the Beatitudes which is a, a great teaching that Jesus gave on this very subject. And um, he talks about being blessed or being happy by developing these attitudes in our life. And I'm encouraging you to memorize the verses, Matthew 5, 3 through 12. You should know somewhere between like from 5, from 3 to 8 at the moment. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's the one that we're going to talk about today, Matthew 5.8. Matthew 5.3, um, we, we call that the attitude of humility. I said it pretty much all starts with that, and it's always where we need to keep getting back to is humility, because our pride will keep getting us in trouble, and we have to go back to humility. We looked at Matthew 5, 4, I called that the attitude of reality, as we embrace um, these concepts that, that we, we need God, we can't do it in our own strength, and we start looking at this broken planet and fallen world the way that we see it, it it's a very tough situation, and... Uh, and, and, and yet there's a comfort for that because we can receive the grace and the mercy of God in our time of need. We looked at Matthew 5, 5. We called that the attitude of gentleness. And I said that it's, it's a gentleness that will impact the world and that we've got to stop looking at people as scenery and machinery and start seeing them as people that God loves. And that they'll, our inheritance is those people. One more. It's part of inheriting the earth in our gentleness. Matthew 5.6, we talked about radical living, doing the next right thing. Matthew 5.7, we called that the attitude of radical hospitality and, and being willing to you know, do the extra and to go the extra mile to, to love people well and do what's important. Today, we're going to look at Matthew 5.8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we're going to call this the uh, attitude of integrity. The attitude of integrity. Integrity is a, a really vital part of our lives. 
You can tell I had a cold. This thing was sitting here in front of me the whole time. This is one of those invitations. Packets that I was talking about at the beginning that I couldn't find. Right there. There you go. Okay. Just need to talk this stuff up as it comes, okay? Um, when I think about integrity, what I think about is uh, that what I say I believe needs to match up with how I live my life. That's integrity. Integrity is my beliefs and the way I live out my life matching. And, and that, um, that this is something that's to happen in every area of my life. Um, the reality is they don't all match up yet. I'm still a work in progress. To, to tell you that I have it all figured out, figured out and I'm always doing it, the way that I know I should do it would be a lie and would lack integrity. So it's one of those areas. So integrity is this process of having what I say I believe and how I live out my life matching up more and more all the time. And uh, this is one of those crucial things, as they all are, in the way that we live this out. And, and what I want to have and what I want to offer to you today in living a life of integrity is a, a tip for doing that. And that's an acronym for three things, TIP. Uh, and, and there's fairly simple things. Really, integrity, when you live a life of integrity, it means you're simplifying your life. So it's much simpler to live a life of integrity than it is to live any other way. It really begins to make things simple. And so here's, here's these three little things that come from this process. The first is this, the T, is that you have to trust Him. You have to trust Him in everything. See, what we tend to do is we, we tend to make our beliefs a very complicated thing. Um, and we also, think about this, we try and define our beliefs with rules. Do this, don't do that. Go here, don't go there. And, and yet, that gets very, very complicated. In fact, when, and if you've been studying the Gospels with us, we saw that's what happened to uh, the, the people of Israel, is they had so complicated their beliefs that they had come up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules about how to try and live the life out, to the point where no one could ever live them out. It just wasn't even possible. And so, how do we then simplify what we believe? And, and what we need to do, believe it or not, is we need to really just learn to trust God. We need to really learn to trust God and yield to His Spirit to figure out how this thing works. Um, I, I think about the disciples coming to Jesus and asking him about who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And, and that verse is Matthew 18, 1 through 4. It says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child, had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, what they were looking for, and this is what you'll, I think, immediately tap into, is they were looking for some sort of hierarchy. Who's in charge of who? Because our adult thinking likes everything ordered so that we can figure out all the rules. So they were looking for order. They wanted, they wanted an order, establish who's who, so that we can figure out what the rules are, because who's ever in charge is going to lay down the rules that we all need to follow, and then we'll be just fine. That's what it looks like. But Jesus said, listen, no, what you need to do is you need to become more like little children. Rather than always trying to figure out every detail, we have to learn to trust, which is what kids do. Kids don't get it all figured out. They just learn they have to trust, and hopefully the people around them are safe. They have to trust 
that they're going to take care of what's happening. And so we have to relearn how to do that, to learn how to depend on Jesus, to trust in Jesus, um, to depend on what he did at the cross for us, and, and to continue to depend on him in order to embrace life. And so that's the first part of this whole thing of living with integrity, is that it's, it's less about rules and it's more about learning to trust God. The more rules you put in the life, the, the, the less integrity you end up having. Because it takes way more to trust God than it does just to go, well, here's the rules. And then, see, because then what we start to do is we get the rules defined, and then we start looking for wiggle room and justification. And then my favorite is we rationalize. We tell rational lies about why that rule needs to be bent in this case. But see, rather than live like that, I mean, you got the top ten, which would be enough. And the reality, you know what I'm talking about by the top ten, right? The Ten Commandments. The reality is you can't keep those either. So adding a whole bunch more doesn't really make any difference because none of us are keeping the ten. Um, so, so what we have to get to is we have to learn that what we, we need to trust God. It's not about rules. And really listen to the Spirit about what we should and shouldn't be doing because that's where you find life. And then you can live life with integrity. Because as long as you know that, that you're, you're not doing things that, that um, are grieving the Spirit of God in your life, then you can keep doing them. And then, and then uh, and it's not a license to sin, it's life. So, so there's so many unhappy people that, that have put all these rules in their life that they can't live by, so they're miserable. And, and what Jesus is saying here is, blessed, happy are the pure in heart. You, you start living in a yielded way to the Spirit, and you begin to find life again. All right, second. This is the I in the tip that I'm giving you on integrity. You have to integrate the golden rule into your life. You have to integrate the golden rule. Because relationships can get very, very complicated. And here's what begins to happen. What am I supposed to do in the relationship? What, am, what was it that I think they're supposed to do in a relationship? How do I feel when they don't do what I think they're supposed to do in a relationship? How do they feel when I don't do what they think I'm supposed to do in a relationship? See how complicated that gets? It's, it's really stressful. Here's how simple this is supposed to be. Jesus gives this one, one scripture that solves the whole thing and makes it really, really simple. Matthew 7, 12. So in everything... Let's break down that word everything. Every thing. Def definition means everything. Very good. Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, think about this. This really will simplify your life. I think living integrity, very simple. Here's how you live life in relationship with people. You just always treat them how you want to be treated. It doesn't matter how they've treated you. It doesn't matter how they treat you back. All that you do is this simple verse. You always treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, what if they're mean to me? That's between them and God. It doesn't give you a license to be mean back. What if they're whatever? It's not on you. This is on you. Always treat people the way that you want to be treated. Always, always, always. Simplifies life, doesn't it? Because now it's not complicated anymore. I don't have to figure out how they're doing or what they're not doing and what I'm not doing. I just want to, I'm just going to live this thing out treating people the way I want to be treated. How do you want to be treated? I know me, I like, I want to be, you know, responded to. I want to be treated kindly, gently. So that's what we need to do. And it, it really does simplify life. Culturally, 
people get this confused. It's, it's not do to others as you would have them do to you. It's do one to others before they do one to you. And uh, that's not how we're supposed to live this, all right? So you do your part. What they do is on them. Well, then because we're a little messed up culturally, we ask this question, well, what's in it for me? Matthew 23, 11 and 12. This is out of the message paraphrase. Jesus said, do you want to stand out? Step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you get the wind knocked out of your sails. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. It's pretty plain, right? That's where you're going to find life. Just be you. Treat people well. doesn't matter how they treat you. Don't, don't try and get back at them. Don't try and get even. Just treat them the way you want to be treated. Their response then is between you, them, and God. You know, I mean, now, see, I say those things, and I always wonder, if someone's being abusive to you or something, you don't have to take that. You, don't need, you just need to get out of that situation. But treat people the way you want to be treated. The P in the tip that I'm giving you is you need personal time with God every day. You need personal time with God every day. With all of the things that we have to make life simpler, cell phones, iPads, computers, we're sort of in a constant state of connection, and yet it causes us often to lose connection with the one that matters most, which is Him. And so, uh, you need to spend some time with God every day. Spend some time reading His Word, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in worship, spend some time in listening. Because um, if you don't, the day passes you by. Life begins to pass you by, and we get, we get caught right up again in the culture, and it becomes about having, and we stop being about being. Jesus modeled for us, uh, this, he, he modeled this very well in His own life. Matthew 6.31 says, Matthew 6.31, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. There's three things that I want to point out in this verse. And just so you know, because I know where you're thinking, uh, not having a chance to eat is not one of them. All right? Because I'm sure you think that that's what jumps out to me, but it's not. That's a whole other issue. First thing is, come with me. You need time with Jesus. That's what he says. Uh, you know, come with me. You, you need time with Jesus every day. I get life. Um, I'm not telling you to block out hours. Uh, knowing people and how busy we get, I'm talking about blocking out minutes for most of you to add something new into your life. If you've got no time now, start with five minutes. If you can't find five minutes, there's a problem. All right? So that's a minimum. That's a starting place. But do it. You have to make time for it every day. If you don't make time for it, it won't happen. You'll just get busy. You won't have any time. Then he said, by yourselves. You, you really need a little alone time in your day. Sometimes very hard to orchestrate, but you need a place where you can just get alone for a few minutes and, and just hang out with God. And if you don't make a time for it, you'll, you'll have people, you'll get busy. It just takes place. And it needs to be a quiet place. That's the third thing. Um, you need to be free from distractions. 
So, so if you if you go to be a little time, have a little time with God, be with Jesus, hang out with Him, and you don't put your cell phone away or turn it off, you know what will happen? And it happens to me almost every time. The cell phone rings, or I get a beep that I just got an email, or something happens, and it's distracting. You need to turn it all off for a few minutes so that you can hang out with Him, and just a few minutes with with Jesus would make a huge difference in your life. And and you know. Again, what do you do? Read a few verses of Scripture. Think about them. Take a few minutes and just think about them. Um, tell Jesus what's going on in your life. We're supposed to do that. He knows, but you're supposed to talk to him about it anyway. Listen. See what. See if you hear anything bad. I, I think he communicates with us all the time. Channels are open. We just need to check in and, and listen. And then, uh, you know, thank him for who he is in your life. It's a few minutes, but it'll make a huge difference in your life. As with the other Beatitudes, there's a promise at the end of each one of these. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those with integrity, for they will see God. See, what I think is that this is a promise that, that he will help us to begin to share in his perspective. That, that as we really begin to live lives of integrity, we, we sort of begin to really tune in to... Uh, and begin to see it in ways that God sees. And, and so we can see people the way that he does. We can begin to see situations the way that he does. And uh, it really helps us to be not so self-focused in our lives and get a much bigger focus with the way things go. And, and, uh, and that focus is from the throne of God. Let me close with an illustration. And, uh, because I think we have a tendency to look this way in life. If I were to stand up here right now, I could do it actually. Hang on a minute. Let's just let's just do it. If I were to stand up here right now and take a picture of you, let's just take a picture of this side. I'll take a picture of this side. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If I showed you this picture, I don't know how well you can see it because it was a small picture. Can you see it? You know what determines to you if this is a good picture or not? How you look. If I showed you the same picture of you guys, you know what would make that a good picture? If you looked good in it. And that's all you would look at. And, if, and I promise you, you don't even scan the group. You look at you, and if you look good, that's a good picture. If you don't look good, you, you know what you say? That's a terrible picture. And you can try this in any picture that you get. You, that's what you look at. You do not... You, you, you're conditioned. You just don't care. And suddenly you don't care. You just doesn't even cross your brain waves. All you care about in that picture is how you look. And if you look good, that's a good picture. Everybody else in that picture might have their eyes closed and drool hanging out and things. And you'd be like, isn't that a great picture? And they'd be like, No! What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny. No. Look, that's, that's your self-focus. See, you, you, you need to know it's a part of who you are. That's your conditioning. And yet, what God wants us to do is to learn to see the bigger picture. So that, that when you look at that group picture, you don't just look at you. You look at beyond you. 
And that's how we have to look at life. And we tend to look at life just like we look at pictures about us. And yet it's more than that. And I believe a life of integrity, that simple sort of life, trusting Him, not getting all caught up in the rules, which doesn't mean we can go do whatever we want. It just means trusting in Him to lead us and really integrating the golden rule in our relationships. Life would be so much simpler if you do that. You just treat everybody the way you want to be treated. It'll stop. It'll just shut so many things down. Because we spend so much time because we said something we shouldn't have said. or we Just don't do that. And hang out with God every day. A little personal time with Him. Just a few minutes. It'll change. And it'll, I, I believe the promise is it helps us with that self-focus. And gets us, more, gets us more focused on Him. Amen? That's the attitude of integrity. All right. Well, uh, that's all we're going to do today. If you're watching my video, thank you for watching. And uh, we're very glad that you, uh, you did. We're going to close here with prayer. If you need anything, you can call us or write us or email us. And we'll do what we can for you. But we're going to go ahead and close with prayer tonight. You can go ahead and shut the video down.